0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing
1: it for the show, Field of 68, till <laughs> I die. This is the Field of 68 after dark show the only place that you need to be for college troops every single night
2: it's the field of 68 after dark it is the final four week monday evening edition it feels like the calm before the storm right now my name is greg waddell with me today We've got Jeff Goodman from Stadium. We've got Rob Doster from the Field of 68. We are live on Sirius XM channel 84 and as always streaming on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. If you're watching this at home, jump over to the channel. Please subscribe. Please like. Interact with the folks in the chat as well. We'll be answering questions every single break for the next hour. Gentlemen, great to be here with you. I know we're going to see each other in a couple days down in New Orleans. There's a buzz this week right now. There's an energy to it, even if I am getting a little antsy that we don't have any men's college hoops on right now. Although I will say, the UConn-NC State women's game right now, double overtime, we've got a classic going on. So who, who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll live react to that. Uh, but let's start let with we, the with. We will
3: not live react to that. We, we will definitely, definitely not react to that. We will not live react to that. Greg will if
1: his bet loses. Greg will if his bet loses. All right, fine.
3: The only live reaction will will be uh, the the look on your face. That'll be the only live reaction. It's just because you
2: don't have the right hats behind you. I get it. I understand. I do not. Uh, Fine. We'll, We'll start with two teams that you do have hats behind you, Jeff. That would be Duke and North Carolina. This is the greatest rivalry in college basketball, gentlemen. And this is the first time these two teams are playing in the NCAA tournament, let alone in the final four, let alone in Coach K's final season, I'm going to pose a simple question to you guys first, then we'll get into matchups here. Between these two teams, that both of whom I think at different points this season, people kind of wrote off, who has had the more impressive run to the final four right now? Rob, let's go to you first.
1: I mean, I think it's North Carolina. Right, I, who who had them make me this far in the NCAA tournament? Who had them picking off the reigning national champions? Well, actually, I did. That was, I think, that might have been the one thing that I had correct in my bracket. But um, I mean, they they entered as an eight seed and they're heading to the final. Duke four, beat you know, the, the Titans. Guy? Duke beat the mighty
3: Titans of Cal State Fullerton. What are you talking about,
1: Rob? Touche, <laughs> touche. Well, look, they, North Carolina didn't have to play a 15 seed until the Elite Eight, so.
3: That's a good point, good point.
0: Uh,
3: I'm with you. I, I listen. It's Carolina because even though Baylor wasn't like the Baylor we we thought or hoped they would be, you know, they still beat the defending national champs where we figured going into it and, and certainly going into overtime, the um, mental toughness of Baylor compared in the culture of this Baylor group compared to the mental toughness and culture of this Carolina group. I think everybody and their mother was was putting down money going into overtime. Honestly, on,
1: uh, on, that on might Denver. be the most surprising thing from this NCAA tournament. Forget yeah. St. Peter's making it to the Elite Eight, right? Baylor right. coming back from 25 points down against a North Carolina team that didn't have Caleb Love and that didn't have Brady Manic and yeah. losing in overtime. Like, how do you do that? That's a hard thing to do.
3: Really hard. Really, really hard. So, yeah, I it, listen, I mean – I've talked about this and, and, you know, when people talk about Hubert Davis now, it's completely flipped, right? The whole narrative has flipped. Let's face it for the first, I don't know, what 80% of the season, he was underwhelming and Carolina was underwhelming. There was no other way to say it. And now we kind of, we've seen it because we knew what type of talent they had, right? Like, that was clear as day. We knew what what type of talent. But now, like this sport, you can see it now. It is all about March. And, and Hubert Davis is the perfect illustration of that because nobody gives a shit what he did before March 5th. Like March 5th hit and everything changed for Hubert Davis. And he might get like a lifetime contract if he beats K here.
1: But I I'll I'll say this about that because I, I I mostly agree, but I think a lot of the reason why we didn't pay attention to North Carolina's turnaround is because the ACC was just so bad. Heading like what we thought of it as so bad, the metrics of it were so bad. I do think some teams got better. Miami figured it out. Virginia Tech figured out. North Carolina very, very clearly figured it out. Uh, But if if the conference as a whole had done better in non-conference play and seeing them beat the likes of uh, you know Louisville or whoever they beat. Um, during that last I think it was nine of their last 11 in the ACC regular season if those wins were impressive we actually would have been paying attention to North Carolina long before that March 5th win is that is that fair to say so I think part of the reason why we're only reacting to March is because the ACC was kind of not very good and not all that entertaining before we got to to North Carolina beating Duke on March 5th yeah I think
2: that's fair I I mean I think it's hard to evaluate every team in this conference just based on that conference, right? Like, if you look at what North Carolina did in the non-conference, everybody wrote them off because their best win was a Michigan team who everyone was convinced was absolutely horrible. Like, they had losses against Purdue, Tennessee, Kentucky. Looking back on it now, you don't really need to blame them for those losses. That's three really elite teams. But they were blown
1: out. They were blown
3: out. That was the problem.
2: That's true.
1: That's fair. Yeah, they that they, they weren't just losses. It was like Goodman trying to play me one-on-one. That's what it was like.
2: <laughs> Whatever.
3: I've seen you shoot the I I've, I've seen your shooting percentages. How's that? I haven't even seen you shoot the ball. I've seen your shooting percentages. I will dare you. Great. I will dare You're you to shoot great. the ball from beyond the arc and I know I can rebound at least. I I I'm you, you, big, know I'm fat. you know what though? Here's the I thing. I can rebound. The,
1: the the last time I got in a shooting contest with any media member at the Final Four, are you aware of what happened? Do you know what happened here? Greg, let's move on, please. Let's move on. I went 12 for 15. Matt Norlander went 9 for 15 from 3. Jeff Borzello, do you know what yeah. he shot from 3 in the shooting one, contest? 1 for 15. 0 for 15 with 4 yeah. air balls. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Borzello, oh for 15. That's- 4 air balls. That wasn't to brag about myself. I told that story just to drag Borzello.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, if there was a scouting report for media members and you're talking about who the justice shooters are, I don't know that Borzello has the shooting badge at this point. Maybe. Maybe he does. We'll see. There's a lot of people who are asking for a gym this week in New Orleans. We'll see if that happens or not. That might happen. Uh, well, might I, have happen. A feeling, I have a feeling some excuses might be made. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but, okay, let's, let's dive into the matchup of this, though, because I think from my eye watching this Duke team, who has also had, I, I would say, a turnaround of sorts, the way they ended both – the ACC regular season and then the loss to Virginia Tech in the tournament like I I think there were a lot of loud doubters honestly thinking they were an underdog potentially in that Texas Tech game I don't think many people really were publicly saying that Duke was going to be a favorite to make the final four out of this region Uh, they certainly caught a break you could say like they didn't have to go through Gonzaga but Arkansas is no slouch and they really kind of handled them So with Duke to me, one of the more impressive things to me has been their shot making in the clutch, because you can look at these games and uh, they were down two possessions against Michigan state with five minutes left. It was a back and forth need answers offensively game against Texas tech down the stretch. The difference to me has been, they have NBA guys at four positions who, whoever has the mismatch is going to beat their guy and is going to go score. Uh, what do you think the biggest advantage for Duke will be against North Carolina? They come into this game as four point favorites with our partners at Bat Rivers. What do you think coach K will try to take advantage of most?
3: It's Paolo, isn't it? I mean, it's gotta be who, whoever they try to put on Paolo. I mean, if it's Brady Manic, again, it could get ugly quickly. Now, uh, Rob and I talked about this earlier on on a stadium show. Uh, I will say that it's Brady Manic can't guard Paolo. But I'm not sure Paulo can guard Brady Manic. Oh, really? <laughs> How about
1: that? <laughs> go be up with the takes, man. I think you, I think you need to go back to sleep. Can we quote that one? Can we can, <laughs> can we tweet that one out
3: there right now? Please don't. Please yes, please we do will. That. We will. Hey, hey, Brady, when he's making about there, I don't
1: know anybody who can guard him out there. He's again. I, I will. Um, I will say this about it: the the fact that Brady Manic can make those threes right and will force. Uh, Paola to step outside of the paint to be able to guard him is going to be right. the key to be able to get, uh, get, get Armando Baycock going. Right. And if you get Armando Baycock going, that's how you get Mark Williams in foul trouble. if you get Mark Williams in foul trouble, that's how you turn Duke from being a pretty good defensive team to being one that you can score on, being one where Caleb Love and RJ Davis should be able to do whatever they want, um, getting to the rim. Right. So that to me, that's the, it, you're, you're kind of right. I don't think Brady's going to go out there and drop 25. That's that's not what I'm expecting, but he doesn't have to. His, right. yeah, like exactly. you're saying his impact he does, on the game, he's yeah. gonna
3: space, he's gonna space he can go over 10 from three. It doesn't matter. You still have to go out there and guard him, which creates space not only for Armando Baycott, but for the guards to drive. That's where RJ Davis can be
1: and has been very effective. I mean, honestly, to me though, the 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 key to this game for North Carolina is is exceedingly simple. Which Caleb Love shows up? Is it the guy well, that scores? He was three bad, points?
3: but he was bad in the one at Cameron. He was awful. He couldn't make a shot for the most part. All their other guys showed up. The difference was, remember, Baycott had his way. He had his mm-hmm. way. Manic was terrific. R.J. was elite, and I don't remember who and, else. And had I,
1: his... I honestly think that I that think game had it. more to do with what Duke was doing than anything else. But to me, Caleb Love is a guy that takes him from being like a good team to a great team, the same way that Randy sure. Martin takes Kansas from being a really good team to a great team. Like that's, that's the guy that, uh, that, that gives you a ceiling. Right. And, and we all came, I, I came into the season thinking Caleb, well, I had him as a second team all American in the preseason. My my guard picks for all Americans in the preseason Worked great. I should have just gone with Colin None of Ours well. were good. Well, no, listen, I picked Curbello. No okay. Wait, wait, wait. Steve I Marks? picked Curbello
3: as <laughs> first team All
1: American. So, however, however bad yours were, they, they they were a hell of a lot better than mine. I had James Akinja, which wasn't wasn't awful fun. in hindsight, but it wasn't calling a. It wasn't the obvious. Sometimes you just gotta go with the uh, obvious. we? Gotta stop get creative here. We gotta go with the obvious answers. But to, like, long story short, Caleb Love is now like the. The guy that, if he gets it going, that's when North Carolina becomes a team that can legitimately win a national title. If he doesn't get it going, then it's going to be a little bit more difficult, a little bit more tough sledding. They're going to need to rely on some of these other guys to have monster games. But to me, Caleb Love, that's that's where it goes from being, okay, North Carolina can, can win this game to, you know what, North Carolina's scary. I don't know how you stop it.
2: Yeah, Jeff, you you called it out with Caleb Love. And the one thing I do want to give him credit for in the first game, even though he didn't shoot it well, he got to the line, he made 12 free throws and 12 attempts. I mean, he still had an yeah. impact on that game to help them pull away late, especially. Um, and look, a lot's been made of the Caleb Love recruitment between yeah. North Carolina Duke. And ultimately, Jeremy Roach was essentially given the spot that Caleb Love would have been given at Duke. So let me ask you this, because Rob, you tweeted this the other day. If Jeremy Roach plays like this, you can pack it up. You can give Duke the title. Are you taking
1: mm-hmm. Caleb Love or are you taking Jeremy Roach? Me? I'm oh, I'm taking it depends on what else is on my team. Okay? I think if if I have a team that has a whole bunch of stars on it already, then I'm going to take Jeremy Roach. And I'm going to say give me the guy that's a little bit more steady that's going to set people up. If I have a, a team with a bunch of Jeff Goodmans and a bunch of Greg Waddells and a bunch of Rob Dawsters on it with, uh, with Dagan Hughes at the five, then I mean, give me Caleb Bluff who can go out there and win a game all by himself and doesn't need do anything else. But I don't think, I honestly don't think either of them are good enough to be
3: the just guys.
1: guys. To pick guys, you
3: make. here's the deal you can go through matchups all you want in this one. But ultimately, like Duke wants to and has been waiting to kick Carolina's ass for 23 days now. And when they saw that bracket, you know, they were dying to try to get Carolina again. Nobody really thought it was going to happen, but I'm sure Duke was looking at that being like, please, God, give us another chance at that team. We are going to rip their heads off when we see them again. Like, I just – I just don't see it. I just don't see how Carolina is going to beat them again. Maybe I'm crazy. I just don't see it. And I also see again. I've said this every game so far. If it is close at the end, which guy in, in, in stripes is going to make a call against Coach K
1: in his penultimate game potentially? Not well. None of them. We already know that it's going to be eight on five. But it was also eight and five when they played in Cameron, in Cameron indoor, as you like to pronounce it. Indoor. Indoor. Cameron Indoor Stadium. Not Cameron Indoor Stadium. Cameron well, I, I, I'm indoor sorry. Stadium. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> from the guy who can't pronounce
3: any names in America, all of a sudden it's
1: Cameron. <laughs> but, but I can't pronounce uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium. Indoor. <laughs> that's, stadium. that's that's the one that I got. Cameron Indoor. All right.
2: Indoor. Uh, all right. <laughs> I just, Jeff, I think Go right. yourself. This, Go this, this, yourself, this, this is not an endorsement of North Carolina to win this game, but I will push back on the idea that Duke like everyone just immediately wants another shot at North Carolina. I think there might be more nervous energy than anything. I, like we all had Duke yeah. beating Carolina by 15 plus in coach K's yeah. final game at home. That is not true. And Take Duke that came back. Out shook. Uh-huh.
1: That is that not true. Take out. that back. Take that back. <laughs> That's true, Rob. that's a, Come that's, on. That's
3: a lie. Come I bet he, on he, take out your hedges. Take take out your your hedges. That's, that's fine.
2: Go ahead, I, I, head, hedge
1: not a hedge. Whatever it is, I bet on North Carolina, and I said, and I quote, I would not be surprised if North Carolina won this game. I'm not the one that said I'm going to lay 42 points and take Duke. Okay, that's okay. all I'm saying.
2: All right. All well, right. if you if you enjoyed that Rob Doster victory lap, put
1: some respect put some respect in my name. There's Mr. plenty
2: more coming in the second segment. Of and this
1: for show. the record, I'm going to be on Duke in this game. I think Dick Goodman's right. Of
2: course you are. But then I'll be the one who's not, okay? I'll say that right now. There's going to be okay. more nervous energy from these Duke players than anything, these 18- and 19-year-old Duke players, who are absolutely mortified of the fact that they let the great Coach K down the first time, and they might get the ultimate black stain on their resume if they <laughs> don't in this game. Seriously. I'll say it right
3: now. No, no. Honestly, <laughs> Paulo shouldn't be allowed to play in the NBA if he loses this game. They they shouldn't let him in. They should make him have to go to Europe if he loses this game because it is the ultimate. If you lose both Coach K-Knight and the chance to go to a national title game and, and again, play a Kansas team, which I think is going to beat Villanova, we'll get to that soon. I I love the matchup for, for Duke there against Kansas. You're right. Like, man, you shouldn't come out. You you shouldn't be allowed to leave your room for a while.
2: And what's Carolina got to lose, this is gravy. Nothing. They weren't Nothing. supposed to be here. They right. get the shot to end all shots yeah. at their enemy. Like, that's such a beautiful thing for them. I don't know. I think the weight of the world is going to be on everybody's shoulders, every open shot taking this game. I
1: think, I think there's going to be less pressure on Duke in this game than they had in the other game that they were playing. Because the other game that they were playing, they were playing, so they did not lose. So they would not be the team that lost the last game of the of Coach K's career in Cameron Indoor Stadium. This game, they actually have something to play for beyond not losing. They, they had already clinched the ACC regular season title. They weren't going to get a number one seed. All they were playing for was the pride and the ability to say that we're not the last team to lose in Cameron Indoor Stadium. They actually have a title to win here. True.
2: That's around the line. Step ladders are in the building. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, coming up, we're going to talk about the other semifinal. Rob Doster's going to take more victory laps, and we will break down if Villanova can really do this without their leading scorer Justin Moore. That's coming up next on After Dark. Clear for ninety. All right, see somebody. that
1: we got we got we got one UConn team in the Final Four. You see that, guys? We got one UConn team in the Final Four. God, that's all we needed. We just needed one UConn team in the Final Four. What I don't a know. Special, it was, I, I think
2: special run for you, Rob. I'm so happy. Special,
1: memorable. I, I I watched almost the entire second overtime.
2: Yeah, only because First. I told you the game was on. For the record. Uh, all right, get those questions in in the chat. Let's see what we got here. Uh, a lot of Duke by 15 predictions right now. Rusty's talking about the must bus is rolling. We're gonna yeah. get to that later. One minute. In the show. Um. A lot of love for Dagan, who was on the road for 13 hours today. Not a lot of great questions, though, right now.
3: I mean, somebody should ask if Dagan's gonna—you know—the bed bugs or whatever is probably in his in his
1: room right now. <laughs> I don't even think Dagan can talk. We we can slander him all we want because he can't fight back. Doesn't he doesn't.
2: Yeah, Dagan,
1: <laughs> no, no one else. No one can even better. <laughs> it's even better. The, what? What the chat? What you missed was Dagan said, uh, "I can talk to you guys, meaning uh, the three of us, but you guys, the chat, cannot hear him, which is uh, pretty funny, pretty great. We can say whatever we want about Dagan. Ten seconds.
2: Five, two, one." It's the Field of 68 after dark. Greg Waddell, Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman here as always on Sirius XM channel 84 ESPNU and presented by our good friends over at Bet Rivers. Villanova takes on Kansas in the other semifinal in the final four. That is the first game on uh, Saturday night later this week. And the biggest news the sad news, Justin Moore down with a torn Achilles. He's out for the remainder of the season. Devastating injury to say the least. The kid was playing great uh, leading scorer for Villanova on the entire season. That's a major hole for a team that does not play a lot of guys. You're looking at a Caleb Daniels, who's probably going to have to step up and play close to 35 minutes in this game. And you've got Colin Gillespie as the backcourt mate who has been arguably the best guard in the country this season, but may have to shoulder a massive scoring burden in this game. Uh, Jeff, let's go to you here. Obviously a big loss. What can Villanova do to try to overcome this?
3: I mean, they're going to have to stay a foul trouble. They're going to have to make at least 10 or 12 threes and shoot a good percentage. And somehow they're going to have to make sure, again, that they can rebound with Kansas. Like it's going to be hard. I mean, it's just going to be hard because again, you got one big, and this is where to me, like the Justin Moore injury is going to going to hurt him because he's probably their best shooter. I mean, you'd rather have Gillespie probably shooting a three, but Justin Moore is your your most prolific three point shooter in my opinion. Uh, but you've got that, so you're throwing a lot of pressure on Caleb Daniels. Uh, Ryan Archie DiCicco's brother is going to have to play. Extended minutes, probably. And I'm not sure he's ready for that. And then you've got Eric Dixon, who's the only big on their roster. And, you know, if anybody can expose a lack of front court depth, it's Bill Self, right? Like nobody's better at that, of finding a way, no matter who your guards are, to get him the ball in in low post entry. Like, I don't care who it is, Remy, Ochai, whoever it is, they find a way to use angles and get them the ball, whether it's McCormick or even Lightfoot. So I, I just think this is a
1: bad matchup anyway for Villanova, made much worse by the loss of Justin Moore. So I think the biggest issue with not having Justin Moore there, even more so than the shot making and, and, and his ability to kind of break down a set defense is that you're not going to be able to throw the weird lineups at uh, at Kansas that work so well against Michigan. I mean, Greg, you know this. Uh, What what Villanova did best was when they played Jermaine Samuels at the five and they basically said, look, we are going to pin our chance to get to the Elite Eight on, on saying that we're going to have more success with our smaller players going up against Hunter Dickinson on the perimeter than he will have going up against our smaller players in the post, right? And that worked because Jermaine Samuels and Caleb Daniels and whoever was guarding him were big enough and strong enough to be able to just kind of stand there and not be moved. Jermaine Samuels had 22 in that game. He made all those big plays down the stretch going around Hunter Dickinson and finishing at the basket. With Justin Moore, you can roll out a lineup where you have Moore and Daniels and Slater and Samuels and Colin Gillespie out there. Without Justin Moore, are you really going to trust Chris Archie order to get it done in that situation? Are you going to trust Brian Antoine to get it done in that situation?
2: You're going to you're, you're gonna have
1: to. Yeah. I, no, well, I'm you have Daniels out there, but you don't have you're going to have to play Eric Dixon because you basically have five guys at this point because I believe Jordan Longino is done, right? Yes. He's, he's done. Yeah, so um, you're go- it's either play Eric Dixon and don't go and attack those mismatches or you're going to have to roll the dice with Brian Antoine or Chris Archidiakono, and I just do not see that happening. So, um, But I also think that Villanova is going to cover. I think that they're going to make this thing ugly enough, they're going to muck it up enough, and they're going to create enough issues defensively that this game is played in the 50s. And if it's played in the 50s and you're going to tell me it's a, it's a one or two possession game down the stretch, all it's going to take is Colin Gillespie making two or three big plays and Villanova will have a chance to win. So I very much think that there's value on the Villanova side here at plus four and a half. And I think that it people are people that expect this to be a blowout are going to be uh, sorely disappointed when it's another hideous basketball game that's played in the 50s.
2: Yeah, I think that bodes well for Villanova. I mean, you called my team out, Michigan Wolverines, and what I felt like watching Michigan just gasp for air in that game, the next time I watched Villanova play against Houston, I felt like I was watching a replay of the game. Like, the way Mm -hmm. the game script goes with that team at full strength, if they get an early lead on you and they just take the air out of the ball, it's like you're constantly within striking distance against them but you can never actually get a full grip on the game to get back in it. And every time you cut it to one or two possessions, someone on that team makes a big play or they get to the free throw line and they don't miss their free throws or Colin Gillespie hits a dagger. Like they're just so disciplined and so unselfish. And I think weirdly that bodes well for them to survive without Justin Moore if they can just hang in the game for the first couple media timeouts. Like if we get to the under 10 in the first half, and it, it's See, I think they'll get
3: worn two. down but I think they're going to get worn down I think they can stick with it yeah. for a while and then the problem is going to be you're going to have five guys now the only good thing is in the NCAA tournament the, the media timeouts feel like half times so they will get a little bit of a break there I think it's more foul trouble I think Bill Self is going to go at Dixon early and go to McCormick and again listen you never know what which David McCormick is going to show up right the one that fades away uh, over over Dixon, even though he's got three inches and 30 pounds or, or the one who just goes after him. So uh, you don't know. I just think there's there's more weapons on Kansas. And ultimately, you're going to play five guys are going to have to play 35 plus minutes
1: in order for Villanova to have a chance in this one. Yeah, but they normally just play six guys. Right, well, that's a it's a big not, difference. No, but I know, I know, I know it's a, a big difference. I know it's a big difference. But if you're asking, like Archie Diacno and Brian Antoine to come in there, and each one of them have two or three, like two minute spells, where you go in there and you don't do something stupid. If, for, if you're in there for two minutes, right? If you're in there for a two minute rotation, you basically have one possession offensively and one possession defensively. So two on each side of the floor because it takes about thirty seconds. Villanova will use the entire shot clock. You're basically saying. Do not kill us over the course of this four-possession stretch, and then we're going to get you right back out of there. We just need to get these guys an extra blow. And combined with the extra time that you have in the TV timeouts, I'm I'm Dixon doesn't t-
3: play, but Dixon's going to be
1: fatigued. He yes, doesn't play 30-plus. I, I am way more worried about Eric Dixon getting a couple of fouls Right. I am about the, the fatigue, the fatigue. I, I, yeah, I that's both. I, I think it's, it's a little bit. I'm way more. And and here, but here's the other thing. If he does get tired, that makes it that much more likely he could end up getting two fouls. Like, it's just it's I'm just it's saying not gonna be they can easy. rotate. It's not guys gonna be easy. In. They can rotate both those guys, McCormick and
3: Lightfoot, who are completely different on Dixon and try to, like you said, both wear him down and get him in foul trouble. And or it doesn't matter. Dixon's not used to playing 33, 34 minutes. I I just, again, I think they could play with him for the first half, and I think you could see not a repeat of Miami, but something where Kansas comes out in the second half and takes control. Yeah.
2: So I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I am not on this side of the argument, and you both know this. But if Villanova truly has the best guard in the country, Yeah. Could this not just be the Colin Gillespie game? Like, I, I'm a little surprised we're sort of writing this off like, eh, it's just too tough, when they have the quote-unquote best guard in the country.
1: Well, here's, here's the thing, right? What Colin Gillespie does best is when you're able to get him into those post-up actions, right? That When Villanova becomes really dangerous, they have four shooters around the perimeter, and they get Colin Gillespie into the post. Uh, and I think they'll, it'll work with him in the post because Dewan Harris, as good as he is defensively, he completely shut down Cam Augustine in the second half of the game against Miami. That dude can guard. He's, he, he can guard guys that are bigger than him. It doesn't matter against Colin. Colin Gillespie. Gillespie posts up dudes that are six, eight, right? He's just so good and so patient in the paint. He's going to wait for you to send help and just dribble it there on the block until you send help or until he's able to get the angle to get a shot off at the basket. My concern there is if you also have Eric Dixon on the floor, do you have enough shooting to be able to create the space where it would even matter? Because it's one thing to throw somebody in the post and have everybody spaced out. It's another thing where you throw them in the post and like David McCormick is just there saying, "Yeah, go ahead, little boy, try to shoot it." Does that make sense?
2: It does. But like Dixon's a decent three-point shooter, though, right? Like he leads them in percentage. I think he just doesn't shoot a ton of them. He does. Yeah. He
1: so my, my so here I would let me ask you this: If you are, let's say, your Bill Self. Um, and are you are you willing to let Colin Gillespie go one on one because you're afraid of Eric Dixon shooting threes? Or are you gonna say, like, look, you gotta you gotta make at least one or two before I even pay any attention to you? Because I would probably do the latter. I'd be way more worried yeah. about Colin Gillespie in the post than I would be about Eric Dixon making threes over the time. if I lose to Eric Dixon making threes, like I lose to Eric Dixon making threes.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. We'll see. It'll be fascinating. Uh the other star in this game who has been on the side of a milk carton a little bit lately, Ochagbaje, where has he been? I think, like, there were some rumblings for him midway through that Miami game. Now, he turned it on late, but I maybe does that just speak to Kansas and ultimately the the elevated level of talent on their roster that they've kind of floated through this tournament, even with Ogbaje not being great so far?
3: Well, they've, they've had the emergence of Remy Martin, so they haven't needed him as much, right? He, he hasn't shot hunted like they needed him to do earlier this season. You add a guy like Remy Martin, and it's it's instant offense, right? He, he might be as good a contested shot maker as there is in the country. I mean, honestly, now, he takes some crazy ones, but when he's making them, he looks unguardable because he kind of is right. Like he creates separation. He's got that burst, that gear now that we didn't see. And, and Bill self said to me, like, he didn't know what was wrong with him early. Remy wasn't telling him how hurt he was. So he kept playing through it. And finally Bill went to him and he was like, you're done. Like I'm shutting you down. And Remy didn't really want to be shut down, but it was the best move because now he he he's healthier than most of the guys out there. And and again, he gives them kind of a game changer when everything else breaks down. Just give the ball to Remy and he can make a play. You couldn't say that about Ochai or Christian Brown or any of the guys on this Kansas team.
1: Yeah, you can scheme Ochai away from getting great looks. I don't think you can scheme Remy Martin getting anything, which is why his, his emergence has been so important for them. I would argue he's the reason why, He's made it you know what's wild about Kansas and where they are right now, they're the only number one seed in the final four. Um, I, I are they the, currently the favorite, Greg, to win it all?
2: Uh, I've, I've seen both them and Duke at various times. Yeah. I'm not sure what yeah. that represents.
1: They it should, I, I think, given Justin Moore's injury, I would say that they probably should be uh, the favorite. Um, but I mean, them and Duke should be the they're both be right around like plus 200 or so, either way. They were never the number one ranked team in the country. They were never the number one team on Ken Palm. They lost by 20 to Kentucky at home when we all asked whether or not the this team could actually uh win a national Duke's title. The favorite. Duke's spent, the favorite right now. So Duke's the favorite, but before Duke beat um before Duke beat Arkansas, Kansas was the favorite. Yeah. Right. In the elite eight, yep. Kansas was the favorite. Uh we've they've never been the number one team. We've never called them the favorite. We on this very show, we spent the entire season sitting here being like, okay. This is why Baylor can win the big 12. This is why Texas tech is the most dangerous team in the NCAA tournament. This is why Kansas sucks. Yeah. This is also why Kansas sucks. This is also nah, why Kansas, nobody said they suck here. They're here. But, they're here. but, 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 but my, my, yeah, hold on. Just uh, my overall point is that the job that Bill self has done to get this group of guys playing at this level to this point in the tournament, to have another chance to win a national title, I would make the argument. This is the best coaching job of his career. Do you guys agree?
3: I think we get into that. We say that too often, based on the the here and now. I'm not sure I'd go that far. I still think he's got you know a. If Corey Kispert was a lottery pick last year, I don't. I don't think there's that big of a difference. In, in fact, I think Ocha's a better defender, capable of doing more off the bounce, more athletic. Now, is he as, as good of a pure shooter as Corey Kispert? Maybe not. But I, I, Ochai is going to play in the league for a long, long time and be a good NBA player. So Christian Brown could play in the league. You know, David McCormick, he'll probably get a two-way. He's got some talent, but no, it's not Kansas talent. It's not what they had when they won the national title where they were loaded up and down the roster with with, with future pros. So, yeah, he's done an incredible job, especially given the circumstances, right? I mean, his dad died recently. Mm-hmm. He's dealt with all the, the FBI investigation for years here. And, you know, again, just kind of we'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to get hit with something here probably before the start of next season. Uh, but he's done a ma- Listen, there's no questioning Bill Self as a coach. Again, who do we who do we trust on this network more than just about him? Sean Miller? Right. And Sean Miller has said it over and over and over the best coach in college basketball
1: is Bill Self. Sean, Sean kisses his ass so much, I thought he was pandering for an assistant coach's job. It's crazy, point, right? Yeah, <laughs> And look, he's not, uh, wrong. He's not uh, wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong.
2: No, he's not wrong. Uh, I will just take the role as resident Kansas skeptic still, though. I said this on the other show. <laughs> look, they, who have they played in this tournament? You want to talk about the quote-unquote lucky thing? Yeah. They yeah. played 16 seed Texas Southern. They played Creighton without Ryan Nemhard and without Kalkbrenner. They played the luckiest team in the country, quote unquote, not my <laughs> words, the Providence <laughs> Friars. And then they played a 10 seed in the Elite Eight, only to get Villanova without their leading scorer in the Final Four. And maybe they'll get North Carolina, an eight seed in the National Championship. Like you'd be hard pressed to find a team that has ever had a right. year run to the National Title. And, that and that's
3: probably- why, that's part of the reason I picked them, to be honest, that you kind of saw this, this going. This way, to some degree, I mean, you thought maybe they'd get uh, Auburn, but again, when we when we kept seeing Auburn's point guard play, I think all of us felt like, hey, they're not going, they're not going to end up playing Kansas in the Elite Eight.
1: D- don't say all of us; some of us had right. Auburn in the You're Final right. Four. Right. So, all right, well, so okay. I had, I had, I had. It all was right. it wasn't just you, Greg. I had Auburn in the Final yes. Four. It was not, but, but everybody was skeptical. Is
3: all I'm saying. It wasn't like you know, you looked at that region and you were like, oh my god, you were like. You know what? Kansas lucked out. They got they got a good good mm-hmm. draw in that region, and it really opened up for them. Let's be honest. Ed, you know
1: what? It, you know what it was. Ed Cooley saw Bill Self. They were crossing paths at the the first round, and Ed Cooley just passed that that shamrock baton. That's all it was. That's why they're here, and that's why Providence is gone. Ed Cooley passed the shamrock baton. Oh,
2: maybe it really might be. All right. Well, uh, get your questions into the chat. Uh, when we come back from break, Jeff Goodman is going to tell you why there is an all American point guard who just hit the transfer portal today. That's next on the field of 68 after dark.
3: Preseason all American,
0: clear for 90.
2: Uh, for the record, I was teasing a certain Andre Corbello. There were questions in the chat of where Corbello will yeah. end up, so we'll save that for the next segment. Uh, Ken Palm is a fraud. I wasn't talking down on Providence, by the way. My favorite team in the in the country this season. Love him.
1: Well, we will slander Providence until we get hundred likes on this video.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Two of you will. I will not. Um, come on, where are questions? Everything is Corbello or let's go Come
3: on, people, let's go.
2: Uh Jim Root, or the lovely Jim Root from the very uh owned Field of Sixty Eight Best Bets show, Three Man Weave. Lovely, said, woman. lovely. Lovely, yeah. Lo- lo- lovely. Lovely is a word.
3: I think you've used lovely. I think you've used lovely plenty, Rob, when introducing uh uh, uh your your colleagues, your guests earlier this year. I uh, lovely, my lovely, lovely co hosts Exactly. Yeah, Luckily I did you get rid of that. <laughs>
2: Uh, this is from more Fanta Les Goodman. Jeff, what do you think of Arkansas's recruiting class? We're gonna get to that. Ooh, yeah, we're 30 gonna get to More More
3: fanta les goodman. There must be a goddamn Providence fan. Go to hell. What, what it, no, student section?
2: What student section will be the best in New Orleans? That's a good question.
3: Kansas, Kansas. Clear. 20. Clearly. Yes, it'll be it'll be Kansas. The 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 and it won't be a student section. It won't. 10. I mean, it's it's not that. It's it's more of an overall section. Kansas will be the best. Duke not
2: competing. Five, nope, nope. Two, one. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. Final four-week Monday night edition. Greg Waddell, Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman. We are here live on Sirius XM Channel 84, breaking down the final four matchups. All three of us will be in New Orleans later this week doing shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's going to be a fantastic week. So follow the Field of 68 so you don't miss out on anything. And subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you can get in your questions in the chat and be a part of the show with us. All right, we're going to get to some news that broke today. Uh, A couple big things. A couple things in the portal, a couple surprising names, but also some big recruiting news. Arkansas lands Anthony Black, their third McDonald's All-American in Eric Musselman's class for next season. Uh, We've been all kind of group texting each other about our way too early top 25s. Everyone's favorite thing to work on at this point in the season, I'm sure. Uh, But you got to think Arkansas is going to be up there as soon as two weeks from now when people start releasing those, Jeff, right?
3: Way up there. Way up there. I mean, listen, my favorite player... This past summer, outside of Shaden Sharp, was Nick Smith. He is an absolute <laughs> I was stud. I was
1: I was gonna say, I'm so glad that you didn't say my favorite player was Nick Smith, because I was gonna call you All right. on that. You, you knew, you knew, All right, I had to preface it, but um my
3: favorite incoming freshman next year will be Nick Smith. Like you just look at Nick Smith and you're like, pro, 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 pro. He looks the part, he's got an NBA game. He's long. He, he's just that prototypical right now, athletic wing that can score, that can shoot it. Like so, he's ranked six in the country. Uh, Jordan Walsh is ranked 18. I actually think Jordan Walsh might be ranked a little bit higher than he should be, but he plays so damn hard, and he's super athletic also. And he's got a his his shot, his perimeter shots coming. It's getting better. And then you add Anthony Black, another. McDonald's All-American. They got three McDonald's All-Americans at Arkansas. Um, So the must Bus is rolling. It's rolling over everybody in the SEC. Like, think about this. The must Bus is going to bring in – I mean, what if Kentucky doesn't keep Shaden Sharp? Like, there's a big decision here for Shaden Sharp at Kentucky that's going to really define, to me, this Kentucky team because he's going to be a top-ten pick for sure. And I still say I would not let him slip beyond five. And I know a lot of people would be like, whoa, you're crazy. Like Ben Matherin. Uh, who else will be around five? Jaden um, Ivey will be in that. Ivy the will go ahead. When Ivy you say five, who are the
2: four? Is it Ivy and then the big three? Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. So I think Matherin is kind of your next guy that you're going to choose, Shaden Sharp over Matherin. And I'm, I'm going to,
1: I'm going to, I'm telling you that right now. I mean, so, so you're saying sh- Shaden sharp for you after you get past the big four and I'm throwing Ivy in that mix. Shaden sharp, you think is the best NBA prospect out of the rest of the, everybody else. Hell yeah. Yes. A hundred percent, hundred percent.
3: And I'm going to make a case. No, I'm going to no, say no, it right no, now. No, He's going to be you. better. He's good. At the end of the day, you're going to look at him in five, 10 years. And you're going to say like, why did he slip to
1: five? I mean, he could like, he's just such a good score with his size and his level of explosiveness. I'm not saying you're wrong. Let me ask you this though. Um, If you were advising him, what would you tell him to do? Are you saying you need to go pro? You need to go get that money. You need to go get drafted. Are you saying come back to college for a year? You're never going to fall out of that top, that that top spot. You're going to be able to make a lot of money at Kentucky with the NIL stuff and get yourself ready to be able to go play and continue tribute immediately at the NBA level. Because if I'm advising him, like, go. Yeah. Go, yeah, go get your money. Don't even risk I, I it. Don't Lock in that that. I don't want to say that.
3: I don't want to say that because I love the kid and I really want to see him play at Kentucky because. Uh, oh, again, I want I him make...
1: there too. Like, for right. the, for, for Rob Doster, right. the, right, the right. best thing for Rob Doster, and you guys might be shocked to hear this, I, I'm very out for myself. I'm not afraid to be selfish. I'm not afraid to put myself number right. one. I promise you that. Uh, so I want him back. And if I was advising him as Rob Doster, then yes, I would say you need to come back, man. Look, you don't want to, you don't want to go pro. You, it, you don't like, you're not going to like that NBA life. Stay in college, be a god for a while on campus. You'll have more attention there than you're ever going to have in the NBA. But he should go pro. He really should. Like, go go get that bag, man. Go secure that money. Get that generational wealth locked in, and then figure the rest out later. I, I'm with you,
3: um, but I, you know, I think again, yeah, selfishly, I want to see him play in college. I think he's going to be an absolute stud, but he's a little bit older too, coming from Canada. Um, And and the good thing for him is at least he did spend the whole semester on a college campus at Kentucky, Mm -hmm. you know, at least getting a little bit more mature than than sitting around playing high school. At least he's practicing against some good players. So he did get better, I think, over the last few months. But ultimately, I'm with you, Rob. Like, you can't pass it up. Because, like, look look at a kid like the late Terrence Clark, who who we love coming out of high school, and and obviously kind of his stock fell um, before he passed. B.J. Away.
1: Boston, like, there's right. lots of guys. Yeah, or, lots God of guys. forbid. Look at what just happened hurt. to Justin Moore.
3: Right, right, you no, know? right, yeah. Go get, so that, I,
1: get that bag, secure that bag while yeah. you can.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with
1: you.
0: Oh, but don't man. go to
1: school. You want to be in Kentucky. The bag is going to be huge. The NIL bag is huge. I've seen the actual NIL bags. They are Ricky Road duffel bags. It's literally just a black duffel bag with a white money symbol spray painted on the side. And it's nothing but cash in those bags. And it's legal now. Go to Kentucky. You want to. You know you want to.
2: Can we bring Field of 68 branded NIL physical bags? To <laughs> <laughs> so we start throwing them out at bar we should do that. We should oh, man.
3: Maybe we'll do it next year. Maybe we'll do it next year.
2: Uh, all right, uh, let's move let's move from one guard that Jeff Goodman loves to another guard that Jeff Goodman loves. And that would be uh former Illinois <laughs> point guard, Andre Curbelo, who is can I say he's the biggest name in the transfer portal? I think as far oh, he's as definitely stats, the biggest
3: name. Yeah, yeah
2: definitely. Splash James, as far as that goes. He enters the portal today. Uh who knows where he will end up? Something you don't think this is like a enter the portal and maybe return to Illinois situation, do you? That's the Kofi Cobra. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Does, think does, so. It,
1: does Illinois want him back?
3: Ooh. Right. No, I, I listen. That's a fair question. That's a fair question. Um, you know, to me, uh, again, if you're looking at, at Curbello in Illinois, you're saying more more often than not this past year, he probably was a liability. And part of it was obviously due to the concussion and what he dealt with after. But certainly he didn't get off the bench in the second half of their their final game of the season. So as many good plays as he can make, and he can. He's got incredible court vision. We've seen that. Great passer. We've seen that at the highest end. But at the lowest end, man, he can make some poor, poor decisions and doesn't appear to have matured in that end. So you wonder if this was a mutual, and I'll find out here in the next coming days, but was this a mutual decision? Honestly, where it's like, you know what? It's probably best. It's probably best if you move on. Try to find another spot. We're good with it. We're gonna move on too. We didn't play at the end of the year. Um and and, and we're gonna find a true point guard. Uh, or maybe just, you know, I, I don't know what they do. I mean, I think they may need to go. Can Trent
1: Frazier come back? Can Alfonso Plumber come seventh. back? The, the I think hardest that's the seventh thing seventh
3: year. The hardest thing about
1: figuring out the preseason top 25 is trying to figure out who the hell has another year of eligibility. It's hard enough as it is to figure out who's coming back to school and who's leaving. And now we add in 17 other different factors with immediately eligible transfers and COVID years and portals and ninth years and all of this. I,
3: yeah,
1: I feel like this even hangover when, uh, when the guy, when, all the, when he's trying to count cars and all the numbers are going around in his head, I just, I'm it's lost. It's
3: impossible. It's impossible I'm lost. to figure out.
1: But, you know, Curbelo to me, and, and here's the
3: thing. What situation does Andre Curbelo need? Do you want to put him in, in a structured situation to try to teach him the best way to play? Or do you want to put him in a situation where he can just go and play AU basketball?
1: I do not think you want to do the latter. I do not think you want to do the latter. I think you need to get him someplace where he is, uh, where you can teach him how to make the right decisions, right? And how to make it, the, because the, the kid is talented, right? When he when he's on and when he, he's making good decisions and when he understands what he's supposed to do in certain situations, yeah. he's very, very good. And we saw that like, he had twenty and 26, what game was that? Was that Iowa in the second half when he went nuts at home? Maybe it was Wisconsin. Did they beat Wisconsin at home? I can't remember which yeah. game it was, but he had like, it was a, uh, I, whatever it was, he, like, he had a couple of games where he completely took games over and changed it. He is talented enough to be that guy, the decision-making the defense and the shooting. Like all of that stuff has to get better. It has to get better. Otherwise he's just going to be a guy that we say, yeah, you know what? He had some great moments, but he wasn't very good. So I, you need to get him in a structured situation where he could be coached up to, yeah. to, to maximize what he can be.
2: Well, and good basketball teams are like puzzles, right? Like, it's not necessarily the five shiniest pieces if they don't fit together. And to me, the problem with Curbelo from the games I saw of Illinois in person at the big 10 tournament this year. And I saw him in Ann Arbor when they beat Michigan as well. Like the, the negative of Curbelo would be that when he made two consecutive mistakes, you could visibly see Alfonso Plummer and Trent Frazier, just like sulk their shoulders. And then they were uninvolved for four or five possessions in a row after that. And The version of Illinois that didn't have Andre Corbello never had that happen because those two guards were constantly involved they were getting their touches they were taking care of the basketball better and they were lethal like when those guys were shooting 10 threes a game each that really worked well didn't happen as much with Corbello so I am intrigued because the kid's talented as hell wherever he ends up like I, I hope it works out for him because watching him at his best is one of the funnest things in college basketball but uh I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois has some scholarships open up. There's some names. Like they're they're in on Terrence Shannon, another name in the transfer portal. I know they're in on Sky Clark, who's still uncommitted in the class of 22. So that backcourt could look totally different very, very quickly here. We'll see what happens. Uh, And coming up next, we are going to get to some superlatives. I get to put Rob and Jeff through my classic dumb game that I do to end every segment of this show every time I host it. Uh, we'll do some Final Four superlatives next on the field of sixty-eight after dark. Clear for ninety.
1: Damn uh, it, Greg! You are so good at those transfers, like the, the, those teases. You don't say break. You don't. You don't say we're, we're coming back. It's like no, Dosters. Next, Dosters so, go to oh, so, here's Dosters go to Greg. Well, we got to pay the bills next. Yeah. So we got to pay the bills. Like, you got to pay the bills. I, I don't know I don't know how to get to it Joster so you good were good It frustrates me so much Early on you it's a mental thing now. It's good. in my head. I'm like Andre Curbelo. I made one turnover, and now I can't stop making. I can't make the right decision. I'm throwing a ball all over the fucking place. It's up in yeah. the, fo- well, no, the upper deck. It's it's a disaster, yeah. man. Yeah, it's bad. You're I've lost. Your, your I've lost. I got stuff. the yips. I got the yeah. yips.
3: I got no. the yips. Don't say
2: that word. Don't say that word. Not final four feet, Rob. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. There was there was someone in the chat. I forget who. Excuse me, but uh, he wanted to know where Fardos ends up. Am I saying that name correctly? Even Fardos. Yeah,
3: we don't know yet. He's going to go through the process here. He's going to take some visits. Uh, he
1: will. Uh, he won't make the Man's this got his own. He's got his own maple syrup. Get him on the I got it. Gotta, I got it. Got to get him to Lamont. Oh, there it is. There it is. Far Goodness. Dawes. I can't believe I didn't. But for the record, if you're watching this, Utah Valley State.
2: i want see you guys.
1: I'm never. I'm never picking you guys to win but whatever that. conference you're in ever again. Hey, I didn't wait, get what? any.
2: <laughs> Why does he? I have love.
1: Struck? I love maple syrup, and I didn't get any. Utah, Utah of Valley the... I'm the only one in the chat that didn't get it. Apparently me and Greg. I'm off Utah Bell. Oh, I mean,
2: is he Canadian? What is that? <laughs> like, what? Two,
1: maple one.
2: Syrup. It's the field of 68 after dark. Uh, although I wish it was breakfast time because they're showing me maple syrup in the chat. And here I am getting hungry at 10, 21 p.m. Eastern. That's not a good thing, folks, for uh, the intermittent <sighs> fasting. We're on a final four diet, okay? You don't know who you're going to meet in new orleans and we got to be looking our best this week uh we're gonna get to one of my classic games where i'm gonna grade you guys i'm gonna throw some hypothetical questions slash superlatives at you you guys take your best shot at this and uh, i'm gonna go whose line is it anyway style and give you points that are totally made up and determine a winner these will all be final four themed And we have roughly six minutes left in the show, so we'll try to get through at least three of these if we get them more great. If not, it's a three-round game. First one, of the four coaches in the Final Four, three of whom are esteemed quote-unquote elite coaches and the fourth Hubert Davis, a phenomenal first year, you have to pick one to ride or die with. Throw out their roster. Say they all were given the same roster and you're going into one game. Which coach are you taking to ride with Rob, you go first.
1: Is it do they just get to coach him for this game or they do they get to coach him for like their, the entire? Are we assuming that they've want, had these players the entire career one, or just one one game? One game, just one. Bill, game. I, it's Bill Self, and I can already tell you what Goodman's answer is going to be. It's going to be Bill Self as well. That's very true. Very true. Bill Self with the edge over uh, Jay Wright and
3: Coach K. Hubert coming in fourth.
2: How would you, how do you stagger the next two then? If everybody agrees, Bill Sell. Do you have Coach K third, Jeff? You dropped, um, after dark a couple nights ago, you said Shaheen Holloway over Coach K.
3: I was him. being a little, did I need to say sarcasm on that one? Come on, come I'm on. i just saying. Uh,
1: was I that before say after he had three or four blue moons? Because if it was after three, three and or half. four blue moons. Three and a half. Yeah. There you go. That's, there is your answer, Gregory. <laughs> I
3: would say, uh, I would go Jay Wright over Coach K. How's that today?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No sarcasm. We agree. I'm just no checking. sarcasm.
3: Okay. Zero sarcasm.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we we agree. Shocking enough. Well Goodman and I agree. Nobody
2: gets a point then. I'm giving producer Dagan okay. a point. That's some garbage. Nobody wants to hear people agree. Look, Dagan drove 13 he, hours and he's in this, or wherever he is in Alabama. He gets the he's, point. he's in
1: Fort Payne, Alabama. He deserves all of the points.
2: He does.
3: Uh, all right, Dagan's in the We Come league. on, Dagan, we could have gotten you, you you a bed at, like, Andy Kennedy's house in Birmingham. I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> Heron's ogles be offered up a bed for Dagan tonight. Uh, there you go. He that offer, but we'll see. Uh, all right, round two here. One point Dagan, zero point Rob, zero point Jeff. What is the biggest mismatch in the final four of the two games? positionally, like, whatever. You could even say nod player. You could say it's coach versus coach. What is the biggest mismatch in the final four? Jeff, you're going first this time.
3: What's the biggest mismatch, uh, matchup like player. So anything team wise, player wise,
2: you could literally say one team over the other. You could say it's coaching. You could say it's this player against this player. Paolo I'm going
1: to, I'm going to go first while Goodman right, thinks go he, he go needs ahead. the help. Go I'm going to say Kansas fans, Getting after it on Bourbon Street versus Villanova fans getting after it on. Oh, Bourbon that's Street. pretty good. That's there's a good only, one. There's no doubt in my look. Villanova, they're like a wine and cheese crowd, right? They're 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 a little bit hoity toity. They're a little bit like fancy. There's a lot of money on the main line. There's a lot of money that you have to pay to be able to go to Villanova. Villanova fans, a little bit of a smaller fan base. Kansas fans, they'll fit right in on Bourbon Street. Kansas fans, they're my people. I'll be hanging out with them. We're going to be getting after it. So, that, that, to me, that is the biggest mismatch. Kansas fans are going to be way drunker than Villanova fans.
3: Yeah, and I I would say uh, the same thing. I would say Bill Self compared to Jay Wright in in a drinking contest. You know, Jay's going to be having like a glass of wine. Maybe he he has like a sip of a second glass, and then he calls it a night. Like Bill Self, I'm telling you. I think the dude could put down like a twelve pack today, no problem, and 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 be able to coach Kansas and still win this game.
2: Uh, just for the record, we don't condone drinking and driving here at the Field of 68. Or drinking know. and coaching. Or drinking names. and coaching. A few names have had problems with that. Right? <laughs> it's very
3: true. very uh, true.
2: All right, we're we're gonna give Doster the point there. Uh, I feel, Jeff, I feel like you tried <clears throat> to cop a little of his style there, going yeah, the route there. It, it was I okay. Did. It was okay, but Rob gets the originality points there. Uh, so right. one point Dagan, one point Rob, zero points, Jeff. Round three. Damn it. I'm going to read some names here. Dante DiVincenzo, Luke Hancock, Spike Albrecht. Who's the off-the-bench guy who could potentially steal this Final Four or have the moment in the oh, national
3: championship? Villanova doesn't have a bench, so we can't choose <laughs> anybody from Villanova. No, right? no, let's let's cross them out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I, the easy one. I mean, come on. Let me go first. This yeah, is easy. Ahead. Remy Martin. I mean, he's coming off the bench. This is the spark again. The 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 best contested shooter maybe in college basketball right now, and he's so hard to figure, guys. Off the court, like, man, he's so different. Like, I you can't figure him out. He's so cool and calm and like in control. And then he goes on the court and he's like an energizer bunny.
1: Um, so Remy Martin, the easy pick there. Easy. All right. So you took the, took the obvious answer, which yes. means I'm going to have to mix it up a little bit here. So I'm going to go with Jeremy Roach because he's going to come in and he's going to go for 24 five against, uh, against North Carolina. He's going to outplay RJ Davis. He's going to outplay Caleb Love. We're going to get to the national title game and he's going to put the absolute clamps absolute clamps on remy martin lock him up so on monday you don't have to give me the point now i'm just saying on monday after the national title game is over i'm going to be taking that point back
2: wow uh i mean the conviction that you said that with makes me want to lean that way but honestly i'm not gonna lie i didn't love either of your answers here again i to pick up the points here remy was too obvious Remy's the correct answer but that's too obvious he is Jeremy Roach, man, like I'm looking for like the the little the little shooter that just lights everybody on fire. That's not Jeremy Roach. I don't know. I'm going producer Dagan again. We have five seconds left in the show. This was Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, Greg Waddell, Field of 68 After Dark.
3: I got. <laughs> b- by the way, I just got sent something very, very, very uh, good by uh, Jody Bailey, who is an assistant coach at New Orleans University of New Orleans. He gave me. His list, and, and it's like a good graphic list of their favorite restaurants, their their must haves, a few more New Orleans must haves, and then uh, another one. Always a great meal. Like this is like thirty deep of spots. So this is going to be our like go to um, way of navigating New
2: Orleans. All right, so it's it's Thursday evening. Well, Wednesday because we're we're all getting there Wednesday. It's Wednesday yeah. evening. Let's call it 9:30 p.m. We're done with the Field of 68 live show, and we found our way to some restaurant, some bar, and uh, the the waiter or waitress, whoever it is, walks over, ready to take your order. Jeff Goodman, what are you ordering?
3: I mean, I'm a jambalaya guy. I got to start there, you know. I got to start there, but I will try anything. So I'm I'm good for just about anything uh, there that that they throw in front of me. So. I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna gain the twenty pounds that I lost um, from keto earlier this year, and
1: um, then I'm gonna to have to come back and do keto again it says it says a lot about us that the first thought that I had was, yeah, I'm probably gonna get a hand grenade and a beer and maybe and maybe yeah. maybe a maybe a They're shot of make me as again. well.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: My first shot was, yeah, let's get some booze. And Goodman's like, I'm going to get some jambalaya.
2: <laughs> I was with you for the record. Although, what's a what's a hand grenade? I've never heard
1: of that. You'll find out. It's whatever
3: I got to have. Didn't I agree that I got to do two of them or something?
1: That no, that,
3: that that bet what never
1: that? that bet never panned out. Oh, a hit. It did. Goodman has to do two hand grenades walking down Bourbon Street for the people that are in the chat right now that uh, cannot oh, hear boy. Dagan when he is speaking. Uh, the good news is, you know what else is going to be fun? Um, Tio and John Fanta both have to do at least one show wearing a hot dog suit because they thought that Maryland at some point this season would be ranked in the top thirteen nationally, not not the top thirteen of the Big Ten, nationally. Look, that just shows uh, the the
2: biases, right? Come on. Like, we've, I've been trying to work with these fine colleagues of ours at the field of 68, just about just leave the bias out just a tiny little bit, man. They're too good at their jobs. They're too good at what they do to get caught up in a bet with a hot dog suit on Mark Turgeon. What are you doing, boys? Come
1: on. Well, here's the thing fair. I, I, I don't, I don't make any bets unless I know I can rile somebody up and make them take a dumb bet. Like, for example, when I convinced Jeff, without anything from me, that he he said that he would wear the friar costume for a show in the in, in the final four if Providence made it that far, right? There's no was downside for me. Right. I know, but was I did I look worried? I'll, you 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 were a little bit worried. I was not worried. like, th- th- yeah, was when not when Providence the luck Providence was going to run out, Robert. When Providence made that run out. and they took the lead in the second half against Kansas, <laughs> like, there was there That's was a little worried. tinge where you're like, yeah. oh shit, I might actually have to do this, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah, because then it was going to be Providence Miami. So yes, and, yeah, but, but, but a little nervous. I, I had confidence in in Bill Self. I had
2: confidence.
1: Can we uh, do some more of your uh, more of that game? Because that game was fun. Let's do some more of that my game.
2: Games, my games are always fun, Rob, but <laughs> yeah, I, was, let's do more. I was glad we ended with three because I had no more prepared than that. I you had no good. more prepared? Right, no. I'm sorry. I'm on my D game tonight. I'm not going to lie. That's what I get <laughs> when I sub in, though. You call hey,
1: your, te- your bad, teases huh? were great. Your ending, not the best.
2: Not yeah, the best. not great. Hey,
1: we got five seconds left. Producer Dagan, I'll see you later. <laughs>
2: well, Producer Dagan won the game, okay? I'm just giving him credit. This Greg was wasn't great.
3: even supposed
2: to host.
1: didn't say that someone that the chat can't even hear chat. He's talking to us right now. Just so you guys know, we're not, we're not talking to ourselves. I love that. I love that.
3: (laughs) Rob, I'm going to bring this, this big maple for, for you down in New Orleans. You think I can, no, I don't want
1: it. If you bring it to me, I'm going to smash it. I'm, I'm off Utah Valley. Never again.
3: Hey Rob, I know they didn't make it, but can you, can you still look into a peacock down there?
1: <laughs> yeah. <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> I, I i want, I wanna I love that we told TO about this. So now he's now he feels like he's safe. No, so, we
3: need to we we need to prank TO with something while he's down there. Like like I don't know what it is. We won't say it on the air, but we've gotten we got you. I got you what was that in the pandemic two years ago?
1: Oh, do you want to tell that story? I got you. This uh Go I don't remember this. all of it but I remember we- I, 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 so here's what happened. I wrote a Billy Gillespie was hired by Tarleton State. And I wrote a column just like with all of the horrible stories that I'd heard about Billy Gillespie because he's a pretty he, like he's a horrible human being. He should not be in charge of anybody uh let alone people that he controls whether or not. Bully child. Bully child. He's he's, don't he's, call him he's, he's, a, he's a he's a complete yeah. bully like just a total asshole. He should not be coaching college basketball. So I wrote a column. I don't remember the exact stories with all of the awful things that he's done. All the stories that I've heard, and that so I published that on like at like 9 a.m. Don't on say like who morning. Don't say who. No, you, I, won't, who I, won't, I won't. I won't. I okay. won't. And at about 9 p.m. that night, I get a call from like a random, like you can say it was a coach. That's it was right. a it was a 540 area code or so. Like I don't remember. Whatever it was, it was popping up as, like, some random city in Texas. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, another spam call. And then it calls again. I'm like, another spam call. Um, And then it calls again. So, I'm like, this is, <laughs> it's got to be someone. So, I answer it and it's, it's. I'm like, hello? I was like, Rob. Yeah? This is Billy Clark Gillespie. <laughs> and starts cussing me out. And I'm like like he's like what you said was lies i was like i i don't think they're lies billy i'm pretty sure they weren't lies it's like when i see you we're gonna fight you're gonna be at peach jam. we are fighting at peach jam. i'm sitting here like i don't i really don't want you have a bad heart i, I do not want to fight you at peach jam. just you're an asshole um and so it went on like that for about five minutes until i started hearing chuckling in the background and it was it was this fucking goofball Goodman. It was, <laughs> it was actually my daughter. It was my
3: daughter. I think. It was your
1: daughter. Yeah, it was.
3: Yeah, yeah she was it, there it, listening to it.
1: Yeah, and Borzella was there, and it was a uh, it, it was a coach that I'll just leave it at this. A lot of people have uh, would know who he is. Um, and yeah, he was he he convinced me that I had to fight Billy Gillespie at Peach. And we got so, Lander.
3: We got Norlander. We
1: got. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a tremendous one, one.
3: You tell that, was, that one. What was it on though? I I remember what I did. I, I, I actually came up, I set up a fake account under a CNN producer's name, Greg.
1: Yeah. So I got it right. I got it. I got it right here. You said, you created, uh, I don't want to say who it was, but it was the, it was the actual producer's name, CNN at gmail.com. And you emailed Matt Norlin and said, we saw your tweet exchange, with jake about your dave matthews right. bracket, jake
3: tapper right
1: yeah and as you are well aware by now he's a huge fan of dave matthews band we're actually recording a tape segment with dave at 3 15 p.m today and we were hoping that you might be able to join us I know it's short notice but we can do it via zoom your segment would be somewhere between three to five minutes and we so sent him literally this,
3: this new... send him that norlander is so excited he's going to be on with jake tapper talking about his bracket you know I'm with Dave Matthews, Matthews band, band songs. songs and he he we set up the zoom it was it was in the pandemic early on and so we cool. set up the zoom and he gets on the zoom and it's me Doster Parrish Norlander
1: no me I mean, uh, Borzello was no. there I think someone think else might have been too i think Parrish yeah. was there too we invited everybody
3: there. and Norlander's getting on he's all dressed up he's looking good <laughs> this is his like shining moment like his chance to be on Jake Tapper, like his <laughs> idol. And he gets on there and we're like, yeah.
1: Like, what's up, Norlander? How you yeah, doing? Yeah. Was, Let's talk about that Dave Matthews band, Bracky. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's got to be why Norlander won't
2: respond to you guys. Jeez. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was it was not nice. It was not a nice thing to do. But so no, that's a good. That, that's that's a that's a good harmless prank. They were both that's good a, and harmless. That, I, I've always a, wanted to get Rick Barnes. So my whole deal has been, I've known Rick Barnes is like the ultimate prankster. Okay, for years, ten years, he's done some crazy, crazy shit to people. He had a high school coach, um, an older his high school coach, an older guy um, come to. <laughs> I won't say who it is again same person as earlier he he he, he arrived at the airport and he I goes noticed. to get in the car and one of Rick Barnes' assistants is picking him up and he gets in and the assistant is only wearing his tidy whities <laughs> nothing else <laughs> and then he goes to leave the same trip he goes to leave and he's picking up you know, he packs his bag, whatever is you know, just duffel bag, and uh, he goes to pick it up, and they put a bowling ball in there, so he <laughs> almost rips his shoulder out of his socket. Guy's like eighty years old, <laughs> so like Rick Barnes is big time prankster. So I was going to get him back years ago, and it was when my daughter was young; she was probably uh, three, four years old, and uh, and people are like, "Don't do it! Like he will go after your your family." Like he would go after your wife. Like nobody's <laughs> off limits for him. So I was like, I'm not touching that. I'm not. I'm if not
1: you're if that. you're in the chat right now, I want to hear like the best prank that you've ever pulled. Ever. Yeah. Your be- yeah. the best prank you've ever pulled.
3: And I might seal it for for getting to. So if
1: it's really good, uh, I'll attribute it to you. Uh, and I w- we'll get to with it. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to with <laughs> one. I want to get I want to get Carter too. I want to get Carter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can get Carter Carter's too. Carter. too. Carter. He's too, too easy. He's just too gullible. Like he believes really, anything he's that he's naive? naive. I like, I love the kid with my yeah. entire life. I do, but he, he genuinely <laughs> believes everyone is such a, good-hearted he <laughs> just, you know, a good hearted person. Uh, oh, this could be oh, fun. Man. Then
1: you should not have let that information. slip. Oh, I, you, I, I said, have, but you should have said, yeah, you can't it, card is impossible to break. Couldn't he try to get me a couple times this, uh, this, this, this fall a couple times. Did I? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think you found out a way to to change the number when you send a text message. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I, I forget oh, who yeah. I said I was. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who it was, but I was like, what the fuck is this? What the hell is going on? <laughs> oh yeah, that's
3: right. That's right. I did, I did. I'm
1: I'm I'm a little childish, but you know, just a little, just a little. Give me give me I know you got more good prank stories. Give me give me some other ones.
3: I mean, back when I was in college, they weren't even prank stories. We would, um, on the dorm floor, you would have to, uh, we would have these huge water guns and, and water balloons. And when you heard the door open, you had to sprint down. And when you did, you'd hear the door and everybody on the floor, you'd, you'd go out and you'd either get the, the water gun and nail them or the water balloons. So once I had a really good friend of mine who was the most mellow dude ever, ever named Aaron. And he's taking a shit and he's taking a shit. He's on the toilet. And when I did, I took the the water gun and I shot it up on top of him. So it just started pouring down on him. He came out like middle of his shit. He came out ready to kick my, and he, he would have kicked my ass. I mean, he was, again, the nicest human being ever. He was ready to, to, to throw at me. Um, we did that all the time. We did it so bad. We had our floor, our dorm floor, was so bad. it leaked. There was a girl's floor underneath us. It leaked down all the water from the water guns and the water balloons and everything we did it leaked down to the girls underneath us. The water was like <laughs> pouring down on their floor. they like, what the hell is, I once got a kid, so the door opened from the inside. I put a barrel, I filled the barrel three quarters, like basically almost full. So when he opened his door, the barrel would come all <laughs> the water. The problem was the poor kid had his desk right next to the door and he had a paper on there, on the desk. Yeah, it ruined
1: it ruined that that paper. So when uh, the, the best prank that was ever pulled against me, um, what I used to do when I was bartending and I was dating my wife, who was then my girlfriend at the time, is whenever any girl would ask for my number, I had one of my buddy's numbers memorized, and I would just give them his number. and like he was in a serious relationship at the time and they would always text him and he would get so pissed because it would be like hey i met you at tonic and, and if his girlfriend ever saw it she'd be like what the fuck is this like, rob's being really an cool. asshole so he got fed up with it and um so i remember there was one friday night when i when i did this and uh the next day was it was 2012 and i remember specifically because kansas Played Missouri. It was the Kim English team against the Thomas Robinson team. It was a top five matchup. It was like uh, late February. It was basically first place in the Big 12. The last year that Missouri was in the Big 12 was on the line in that game. Top five matchup. Huge game. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just sitting there and like basketball shorts, shirt off, drinking a beer, watching the game, whatever. Um, I hear a knock on my door and I go over there and I look through like the peephole and my uh my girlfriend my, my wife with um my my then girlfriend now wife was blonde at the time so i looked through and all i saw was the top of a blonde head so i was like oh it's her she's surprising me or something so i opened the door and it was the girl who i gave the number to the night before and i was like what what the, what the hell are you doing here she's like i'm here for the beer pong tournament and she's wearing like like six inch high heels and like the like just tiny little black mini skirt and i'm like you're, you're not here for a beer pong tournament, but you, like you, you can't you can't come in here right now. The, the lights are off. Look, look at what. Do you think there's a beer pong tournament going on in here right now? Like you got you got to go. So I I was like, she's like, you're so funny. I was like, no, you got to go. And I shut the door in her face. And I had to sit there and look through the peephole while she stood there for like about thirty seconds before she kind of got the hit that she had to go. And the worst part about it was we lived the building that I was living in was like. A, like a block long and the hallway was all the way down and we lived at the very end. So the, like you walked straight to our door. So I could see all the way to the other end of the hallway. And I just had to look at the pool and watch you walk all the way down the hallway to the elevator to go down.
3: That was a good one. All right. We gotta, we gotta wrap this. We gotta wrap this. Cause, uh, I gotta get some sleep.
2: So. All right. Let's, well, let's end with the way we always end. We're doing three cheers. I don't know what right. we're using to. But uh, let's go around the horn. Who's got a cheers?
1: Cheers of the night, UConn women. I'm a diehard UConn women's basketball fan. UConn women, get it done. Paige Becker had 27 points, double overtime. They knocked off number one seed NC State. They are heading to the women's final four. Go Huskies. They got it done. They got it done. Cheers. What
3: is my cheers of the night to? Boy, boy, boy.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
3: Man,
2: I don't, geez. John in the chat wants to cheers to the NIT, Jeff. You going to do that? Uh, who's in the
3: NIT? I don't even know. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you who's in. Like, I legitimately never pay any attention. The only time I do, when I used to cover the, the McDonald's All-American game, I feel like I would get there. I should have stayed. McDonald's All-American game is tomorrow night in Chicago, and I left. <laughs> I feel bad.
1: Um, Wait, hold on. They, they have some of the pranks coming up in the chat. Brandon are they good? Says, in high school, we stole this girl's keys who we were friends with, went to Walmart, made copies, and then we would randomly park her car in the principal's I did that.
3: parking spot. After, no, no, no. After I, did that to, I did that to like my best friend. I don't know if I ever told you this. We got his keys, too, because he had thrown up in another one of my buddy's cars or something. Or my, my buddy had thrown up in his car, so we got his keys. And he worked, he had two jobs at the time. We were like just out of high school and he worked at Sears and BJ's. And we would not only move his car a couple spots to start, but we would put like, like, like penthouse in, in the back seat. We'd put like empty pizza boxes in the back seat one day. Then we'd start moving it further away. Then one time there were two parking garages at the Natick mall. He parked in one of them, which was on one side of the, 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 the mall. We moved it to the complete other side. The poor kid was going out of his fucking mind. Finally, my other buddy told his dad that, that we were doing it. So his dad hated me from there on out. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I want to do it again to him now that we're all grown up. Like I want to get his keys again and start to do it again and see if he would know right away if we like, yeah, we started like moving it like two spots. Then like five, and then my other buddy was like, "Once I started moving it clearly across the lot and putting all sorts of shit in there, um, he bailed. He bailed on it. When's the last
2: um, time
1: you talked to that kid? Uh, I still talk to him all the time, all the time. Don, Don Potter said that he used to put uh, alligator gar in the city pool. I'm guessing that you live Ooh. somewhere in Texas, if you're oh. <laughs> Florida, yeah. Florida. If you guys don't know what alligator gar, are, they're they're fish that are like eight feet long. They're they're huge, massive. Dinosaur-looking fish. Um, uh, I, all right, so I need somebody to, to toast to.
2: You need a cheers, Jeff.
3: Cheers. Um, man, to cheers to shit. I am going to cheers.
2: Got a, th- a, a thousand points. Can't cheers to one thing.
3: I'm gonna cheers to Tim Jankovic. And his career being over. Tim Jankovic, Jank, retirement. Enjoy uh, retirement. And uh, if you want to make a, a cameo on the field of sixty-eight, come on anytime. Come on
2: down.
1: That's come right. on down. That's right.
2: An invite. Cheers to Tim. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers to the two of you, gentlemen, because uh, I'm going to the Final Four to work with the field of sixty-eight. And a year ago, if you would have told a year ago's version of me that, I would have done backflips. I truly can't believe it. So I'm here cool. because you two took a chance on me. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward no, to No, that's,
1: that's. been regretting it every day since. <laughs> no, that's the best part of this.
3: That is, that, I mean, honestly, like, I know I've, I've, I've said this a lot and, and I mean it, um, that's been the coolest part of, of being a part of all this and, and helping out, you know, whether it's you or, or, you know, just some of the other young guys that are Sean Paul going to be there, um.
1: The Heat Check guys, shout out to them. They put out great work. If you don't follow Heat That's Check right. CBB, you yeah. follow so them on many Twitter. good
3: young people. Listen, it was probably the most fun I had this past week uh, with my daughter. You know, and and David Warlock uh, and in the NCAA that actually credentialed Talia. Um, appreciated it a ton because it was cool to be able to have her around. Number one, help me. And number two, just kind of have her learn. I, I think that's a great thing that the NCAA has done is some of these young people who have shown an interest in covering college basketball, they've, they've allowed them to be able to be credentialed and learn the right way to do it. Right. Learn. That,
1: that's the biggest thing. Awesome. That is, that's the biggest thing is to be yeah. able to get in those situations where yes. you have to raise your hand to ask a question in the press conference. Like, cause those at the end of the day, like the next wave of people that are going to be like it, it's, it, it's a great thing for the sport, for the NCAA to allow these these kids to be, and, and they are kids. Like Tristan, yep. uh, Tristan Freeman, busting, busting brackets, yep. um, Eli Betker, all those guys, uh, Lucas Harkins, Rock. They're all the kids. You're going to call them kids? I mean, how old, They're like 24, 25 years old, aren't they? Kids. I mean, the, I guess I call ne- them
3: kids. You're not that old. I don't think you can but call them kids. This.
1: Yeah, but here's here's the thing. Like, so if you look at this wave of people that are coming up covering the sport, right? I started out doing a blog. Right. I never had any journalism experience. I started out doing a blog. The only reason I could tell where I am is because NBC took a chance with me. And then some of the people that that give credentials and allow access took a chance on me and allow me to go. Matt Norlander started out. It was College Hoops Journal back in 2006. I remember it visit vividly. Uh, Borzello started out doing March Madness all season. Like that's where didn't all he was soccer. He wasn't. He starting with like a soccer blog. No. no, he like he did soccer oh, stuff for CBS Sports, but like uh, the that the, the the group of guys that are coming yeah. through right now started out as bloggers. So it's great to yeah. see the the NCAA allow these guys to be able to come and and see see how it's done because they're yeah. never going to learn unless you actually throw them in the mix and give them a chance. Give show them what it takes to be able to ask a question in a press conference at the Elite Eight, right? Show them what it takes to. Uh, be able to go and get the interview that you need to be able to get to do the story that you wanted to show them how this business works and how you can cover it. It's yeah. that's what you need for the sport to grow. I mean, right? Kai, if, if you, Kai and Matt, Kai and Matt from three M, We, they were there
3: yeah. in Chicago and, and you could tell, like you could just tell how much they, they, they were enjoying it, how much they appreciated it. And I think that's what you want. The passionate people that love this sport, because let's face it, this sport doesn't get enough attention. And and the people that 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 love it, um, again, Greg, like I I couldn't be happier that you're coming down. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna again. You're gonna see kind of what it's all about, and uh, and you're gonna drink a lot in New Orleans. let <laughs>
2: <That's
1: basic.
2: laughs> Hey, and hopefully be a victim of a prank. Honestly, I'm looking forward to that too. I, so I think it might happen. We'll, we'll see. Don't we'll do don't,
1: don't, ask, don't ask for Goodman's Goodman's <laughs> wrath. You don't want. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't ask for my blessing.
3: Whatever you do.
2: Oh God. That's, that's true. That's, All right, chat mob, we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you follow the field of 68 all week. We'll be doing live shows, as you can see, in New Orleans, uh, for five, six days. I don't even know how many it's gonna be a blur. We appreciate you. This was the field of 68 after dark. Oh, I want let me
1: shout out, shout out to all facts media too. We forgot about all facts media. Get to get a shout out for them in there as well. That's right. Riley Davis, amateur hour hoops. Uh, do we miss anyone else? A lot of people. I tweeted them all out though. So, i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna say uh, i'm not gonna say
2: the guy um, that we call mushy mush'm not gonna say him